Hello and welcome to Subscriptions for Authors. Today, we have session three of the Subscriptions for Authors Summit, a virtual summit that took place in May of 2023, featuring sessions from some of the top subscriptions authors in the world, all about helping you start and grow your subscription. Now, today's session, we have Michael Chaffield, an incredible RPG author, an amazing human being, and someone who's gonna just drop so much incredible insights today in how subscriptions increase your readers and keep them engaged. Really talking about the virtuous cycle of subscriptions and how starting a subscription isn't only great because you can make some extra revenue, but how it actually has a halo effect across the rest of your business. And of course, how once you get a reader in a subscription, how you can keep them engaged inside of it. It's gonna be a ton of fun. And if you want more incredible summit sessions like this, first of all, all 12 sessions of the summit are gonna be uploaded onto the podcast feed. We're actually uploading a ton of awesome content onto this podcast feed, including some of the fireside chats we've done and a Subscriptions for Authors Bootcamp, just to make sure that our content is as accessible as possible. In addition, we actually have transcripts linked down below that you can find for each of the summit sessions. Now, if you want more summit sessions just like this, we actually have the Subscriptions for Authors Summit taking place in May of 2024. We'll have a virtual summit and we'll have an in-person summit. You get to actually meet everyone in the community in person. You can find out more about the session. It's linked down below and you can get your ticket to attend the summit. It's going to be so much fun and we'd love to see you there. So definitely check out the 2024 Subscriptions for Authors Summit linked below. It'll be in person in Boston and virtually you can access it anywhere in the world. So we hope to see you there. And in the meantime, I'm going to let Chatfield take it away with his incredible session. Awesome. All right. I think we're going to get this one started now. And Michael was on our podcast. Actually, I should drop the link to the podcast at the end of this session back in the beginning. And I think you're going to be like our, one of our first five guests. And it was an awesome podcast episode. And Michael has become someone, great friend of ours since then. And one of the authors that I personally really admire because he's just has an empire in publishing, specifically in lit RPG. He's one of the top authors in the genre. And the 10th Realms is one of his famous series. And along since like, I think 2017, as well as you've been publishing at Amazon, KU Audible, all the different places, but you also have had a subscription. And you're actually, I think one of our you might be the most experienced subscription author in terms of the number of years that you've been doing this, which is incredible. And you by far are one of the most successful subscription authors out there. So we're really excited to have you here with us today to talk all about how subscriptions can increase readership and keep them engaged. We're going to have some time for the questions at the end. So just so everyone knows, if you have a question for Michael, try and put that in the Q&A so that we can keep track of the questions and ask in the end. And if you just want to talk in the chat, please share your thoughts, share your ideas with one another and hang out in the chat as well. So we can use the chat for just talking, Q&A for questions for Michael that we'll have time for in the end. And yes, Michael has also published over 40 books and yeah, he's been doing this for a really long time. And I'm just so excited to chat with you today, Michael. So I'll give the floor to you. I'm excited for this one. And thank you so much for being here. 
Oh, thank you for that introduction. I'm blushing. Thankfully, it's a little dark here, so you can't see it as well. But so I'm Michael Chaffield. I write Lit RPG, science fiction and fantasy. I've got a number of books out, but today we're going to be talking about subscriptions and we're going to talk about engagement and all that cool stuff. And I'm going to see if I can share this screen, which I hopefully can. This is my first time trying this out. So this should be all good or terrifying. That's great. Okay. There we go. Where is start slide? There we go. Okay. And of course, I'm all the way to the end. Right. All right. So how do how subscriptions increase your readers and keep them engaged? First of all, okay. So all advice is stuff that I hope works for you, but it might not. And that's totally fine. I hope there's some tips, tricks, and things that you take away from this that you can use. If it doesn't jive with you, that's totally fine. Just use what you need to. Don't try and take everything because sometimes it can be a bit too much. So yeah, that's my disclaimer. What's worked for me, I hope works for you, but sometimes it doesn't. And this is just a share. Who the heck am I? So I think I started publishing eight or nine years ago. So this June, I started, I've had Patreon, which is my main subscription platform for six years. I'm around the 45 book mark, and that's in original English versions. I'm originally from the UK and I live in Canada. I always say that because I have two accents and so sometimes they jump. And so just so you don't get confused by that. I've had multiple bestsellers, primarily lit RPG, science fiction realms. Yeah, that's the background of that. Okay, what are, with subscriptions, what you're really doing is you're meeting your readers' expectations. And the more we can meet our readers' expectations in the books that we have and the platforms that we're on and the ways that we distribute, the better they're going to have it as an experience, right? Someone that's going, I really want to have this in your audiobook, and you're like, here's an audiobook link. They're automatically going to be like, this is so sweet. This is so awesome. You're thinking ahead and you're there to support my reading or listening needs, right? So I'm going to talk to you about how I came into the subscription sphere and ways that you can be led into the subscription sphere and lead your readers there too. So I started off by delivering books on RR, which is a colloquialism for Royal Road, which is a web serial similar to web novel. It's more focused on fantasy, lit RPG and game lit. There are other science fiction series on there, but mostly it's the fantasy that gets the most readership most times. What it allowed me to do was I was posting on there I think once every weekday, and I was saying, hey, here is chapters of a book that I have that's coming out, and I was sending it to them, and I, was, I wanted their input on what did they think of it, was it really worth, was it not really worth, but was it meshing well with the readers, because I wanted to make sure that I could deliver a book to them that they would engage with, that I would engage with, because reader and writer are just essentially two peoples on the other on a different side of a wall and the wall is the book so it's just trying to open that communication with them what i did find was while i was on royal road people wanted to read ahead um which happens quite a bit and everyone wants to read ahead everyone wants to know when the next book is which is a good problem to have but they wanted to read ahead and so I was looking at adjacent businesses and what they were doing and adjacent businesses, adjacent authors as well, and what they were doing and they were doing subscriptions. So at this time, it was a lot of Chinese translated novels 
So they were on Roxy World. They were on what has now become Quidian, at different sites across the internet. And these translated works, the authors, what they were doing, translators, what they were doing, was they were posting their book for free on all of these different sites. And then what they would do was go, we have a subscription model. So if you want to read one chapter ahead, two chapters ahead, three chapters ahead, then pay us a little bit and we'll be able to open that up for you. And it did two things. It gave their readers access to limited content and ahead of time. It meant that they were able to create an income which allowed them to put more time into translating and thus continue the flow of more chapters. And it opened up also new ways of communicating between the reader and the writer, or in this case, translator. And it, it really turned the crank on this engine. So what I did was I looked at how they were doing all this because they were using translated books. I was doing my chapters, but essentially the publishing system was the same. And I said, okay, I'm just going to open it up to my readers to read more directly and to get more access between the two of us. So I opened up a Patreon. Patreon is my primary subscription model at this time. We did it where it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we still do it Monday, Wednesday, Friday, where we have chapters releasing on whatever my next project is. And you can go there and read it. We got we have a consistent readership because we are consistent with those things. Again, another expectation was they wanted to know that every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, they were going to get that chapter, even down to the minute. As some people will see in web serials and in subscription models, there will be, we honestly, it's incredible how fast people will find your chapter that you will post at say 7am every single day. And people will be like seven and one seven in the morning and one second they're on that. And that because they just they're so engaged with it. So making it consistent was really huge for the readers' expectations because then they could build their reading schedule around that. So yeah, that really helped out in a big way to retain the readership because they knew what they were getting and when they were gonna like when they were getting it and what they were getting. Also, so I know this might be a question. People will ask, oh, so you're editing the chapters and then you're releasing them on Patreon afterwards. No, what I'm doing is I actually just send out the rough drafts. So what I write up, that's what I put out on Patreon on Rural Road, which I use somewhat now. I will be using again with future series, but yeah, it's just the rough chapters there. I know it just becomes a question. But so we were doing stuff on Royal Road and then we we're releasing on Amazon. And Amazon's where our primary readership is. And we were finding that not only did everyone on Royal Road want to read ahead, but the people on Amazon wanted to read ahead too. So we were just going, okay, here's Patreon, here's our early chapters welcome and it was just a new way for them to come into the subscription model just because that's what they wanted right we're not twisting anyone's arms here we're going what do you want and they say i really love this world i really want to every day or multiple times in a week become engaged with it and so we were just opening that door for them so another thing that we found was okay we're doing all of this 
content weekly. But we also got the question of, does your sales drop? Do your reviews drop? Because now you've got people who were buying it primarily on Amazon coming to the subscription model. And we also release the book fully through BookFunnel to everyone on Patreon two weeks before it goes on Amazon. So people go, oh, you're losing readership, you're losing reviews and stuff. And actually, we've seen we're not because, and I think this is extremely important, is you show them in your weekly chapters what's your starting point, and then you show them with the release on through BookFunnel to them what the final version is. They get to see the growth from the beginning to the end, and they can also see where you've taken their comments and their interests and their thoughts, and you've incorporated it into the story. In subscriptions, what has happened is you're no longer just someone delivering a product. You're someone that's being tempered by your, your product is being tempered by you and your readership at the same time to create that final version, which is really quite cool and quite amazing. But we were seeing that it increased our review count, it increased our readership. And I think one of the biggest things that increases our readership is because you're going to have drop off of, and we've all had this as readers, and is you're reading a series, you love the series, you've gone through six or seven books, and then you're like at the end of what's current, and you go, okay, the next book's coming out in three months. You're like, cool. And then you go read five books in between then, and then that new book comes out, and you just go, I've forgotten what it, this is about. And you're reading that next one, and you, it's a little bit harder to get into it because you've been so far removed from that world. With a subscription model, if you are releasing, and this is my personal way of how I do it, of releasing chapters on a weekly basis, they've never left that world. They could be reading something else, but at the same time, they've got those little nuggets of kind of tethers that keep them connected to that world piecemeal until you can drop that big piece of content. So that's on Amazon, that's on, on through BookFunnel and Patreon and that kind of thing. At least that's how I personally do it. Or you could just be doing every week you got those chapters. There's no big release at the end. There's just, it's continuous and it keeps going, right? That's what happens on Royal Road and a lot of these web novels is there's not a big drop. There's no, okay, here is the book now. It's, sometimes there are, is, but it's more like, it's here's the chapters and you can just keep reading the chapters in series as it goes along. And there's something really cool about that because there's some series that last for three years and for three years, I'm like, I'm just ballparking three years. Cause I know I'm, I'm reading a series right now. That's three years old. It, and for three years, every single week, like twice a week, you're showing up and going, the reader is subscriber. I'm a subscriber to this person. You show up and you go, okay, I'm here to read. You enjoy that book. And then next day it comes out, you're enjoying it again, which leads again to being, you need to be constantly and consistently meeting your reader's needs, which is set up a schedule and meet that and be very clear with your schedule, what you're doing for your readers. And also just be clear what you're going to be doing for your readers. Like, I know that there are many people who have subscription models and what they are doing is they're doing physical copies, but they're very much saying, I'm going to do physical copies and this is how you can get them. And this is when you can get them. 
being very clear with that makes things simple because some people go, okay, like what I'm subscribing to you, what am I getting? And you have to be very clear with your value proposition on what they're getting or else you might lose them. All right. Also, I know that I'm jumping all over the place because some of this stuff is later on, but we will go over that again, maybe. But anyway, so meet your readers' expectations. And here's how you should meet your readers' expectations, like setting up the vehicle to meet that. Number one is you got to do a bunch of research. Sounds super fun, right? It's talk to other people that are in the same space as you. So for me, I know that there's a bunch of other lit RPG authors that are in a similar situation to me. A lot of this information actually in this presentation is going to be about lit RPG, but I know it can also be used a lot for other genres as well. So talk to other people in your sphere, attend events like this one, so you can gather information. It's going to be tidbits here and there. It's never really someone gives you an entire plan and then you could go, okay, I'm going to execute this. You're going to take different parts, use them yourself and create your own plan and carry it out that way. Like also go on. Okay. So there are many different subscription platforms that one can use. Check out the different platforms. Make sure that you know what they can do for you and can't do for you. Like we know that Patreon cannot work for you if you're a romance author, because I don't think if it can't altogether, but I'm pretty sure that you it doesn't allow a lot of, it doesn't allow romance because of PayPal and all the issues there. So something like using Cream would be much more accessible for you, accessible for your readership. You're going to have to find out also, is it, easy for people to go to patreon i know for me patreon was so easy because royal road has a plugin that you can have it set up where someone says they want to donate or they want to support you in the top right hand corner of your book as they're reading through it and you can put in patreon directly that takes out a lot of the friction to make it easier so i knew that was easier for me to use i researched the translation novels because they were in the same area. They were in serialized content. They were doing release of chapters every single week. And yeah, I was like, okay, how this is very similar to what I'm doing. Let's take that information and use it. I also looked at other people who were on Royal Road. Like I don't, I'm definitely not the first person who was on Royal Road and Patreon at the same time. And I went, okay, how are you setting up your tiers? How are you doing this? Like it's, the information is out there. Make sure to just go check for it. Otherwise, you're going to be doing a whole heck of a lot of work that you don't necessarily need to because someone else has gone and done it already. Also, this is very, very important. Decide what you can and can't do. I do ebook and audiobook chapters. So I do ebook chapters Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. I do audiobook chapters on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do that because it's all digital. I can do it from wherever, whenever, and make sure that it's good. I can also use BookFunnel, which is a service that allows me to send ebooks and audiobooks to my subscribers. I do not 
at this time do physical copies? I used to. The reason I don't do physical copies is because it's a lot of time. It's a lot of money and setup to do. And for me, it wasn't worth the payout for it altogether. It was also the readership wasn't really subscribing to those tiers. They weren't in that area. So I went, you know what? I'm doing a lot of work to create these physical copies and my readership is interested, but it's not the thing that they're coming for. So I closed that down and I, there, it was nothing really changed within my system. So for me, it was, okay, physical copies was taking away for the rest of everything else so much that I didn't want to do it. If you want to do physical copies, you know your readership wants physical copies, do physical copies. But yeah, you've got to remember that if you set something up, then it is much harder to take it back down. So be conservative with what you set up, and it is always better to grow than it is to trim very quickly. But that said, don't be afraid to trim things off when you need to. And also, another key point is be fair with your prices and yourself. So I always say to someone, someone will come to me and ask, "Why I've got this thing and I want to price it at this, but I feel like that's, like that's dishonest almost. And it's because we want to get our content out to as many people as possible all the time. And we want to share in the excitement that we, it's hard to put a number on that, right? It's a tricky and sometimes sad almost thing. I would say, stop worrying about it so much. It sounds really odd, but here's the thing. You're not holding a gun to your reader's head and telling them that they have to pay this money or else something, right? You're saying, look, this is this tier. This is this thing that I want to create. And every month I feel that it's worth this amount for you to get access to that. And you're like, and that's fair. You just put that down, put that to the side, right? Just put it on your website, put it to the side. Because it is up to the reader to decide if that is fair for them. May, some of them are going to be like, you know what? No, it's not worth it for me. That's totally fine. Some are going to be like, yes, that's totally worth it to me. Others will be like, you know what? I want to consume in a different way. So you create, you're creating more options instead of less, right? So be fair. Because the other thing I sometimes see is people go, hey, I've got this tier set up and I'm losing money on it because I didn't charge enough because shipping kicks my butt. Another thing with physical copies is you have to deal with shipping and shipping is a huge monster. But say someone's done physical copies and they're going, oh, look, my, my shipping's costing me so much that this tier is now costing me money. You have to change that to make sure that you are earning money on that because you do these things so that you can support your business to grow your business so that you can spend more time on writing and creating things for your readership to enjoy so yeah bit of a rant there but yeah set your prices be fair to yourself you're not holding a gun to anyone's head just be fair and push it to the side and stop thinking it 
because I know that we overthink prices quite a bit. Anyway, so another thing to keep your readership engaged is make sure that you're inserting your genre, right? So there's many different genres, there's many different tropes, there's many different things that we have all around us that our subscribers are essentially buying into. So one of the things I do is I use naming conventions for video games in my tiers on Patreon. Everyone knows what they're getting because they, we, in video games, there's a tier system, which is like triple S that goes to double S, A, B, C, D, and down the alphabet. And that like triple S is like the best tier that you can ever get. Double S is like the second best. S is like still like super special. And then A is okay. It's like usually where like the best you can be normally, unless like you're going into the God tiers and then below it. Right. But that simple gamification one lets my readership know exactly what they're getting, what tier they're in. And two, it gives them like this kind of understanding of, Hey, I'm in this tier, which is cool because they're like, they get those kinds of things. Those little things really do mean a lot and they reinforce your subscription to meet them, right? Again, I've talked about the translated web serials. The first series I did on Patreon was 10 Realms, I think. And 10 Realms is a cultivation lit RPG. And cultivation is based upon all the Chinese translated web serials I was reading. So having my tiers and the way I set up my Patreon similar to the Chinese translated web serials, people knew what they were in for, really. So it made that transition very easy for them to make. Another thing I know about my genre is the readers are voracious and they're looking for more all the time, which and Patreon allows them access to this ahead of time. They know the Chinese translated web serials. They know that they're very technologically savvy my genre and so it allows me to do certain things that others might not be able to do i've already really talked about that one um another one that's really important and this is i guess this is this was new to me i hadn't seen anyone do this before i did it but that was also like i was focused in on my patreon at that time and i wasn't looking at any others so there might have been others at the time but audiobooks are a huge component of my genre. And because I knew that, I went, well, I'm already doing the ebooks and I'm doing the ebook chapters ahead of time and I'm doing them chapter by chapter. Can I do the audiobooks chapter by chapter? And so that's what I started doing when I did the audiobooks on Tuesday and Thursday. And then I also talked to my narrator, Neil Helligers, and he was awesome at actually going on discord and he would record on discord so people would see ahead of time what was coming up so that was really cool but again i knew the genre i knew that there were a lot of audiobook listeners so i was able to go out and i say hey do you want to subscribe and listen to it ahead of time really cool books are thick in the lit rpg sphere this means there's plenty of content this also means that there's a lot of time between releases so moving beyond Royal Road and to the releases that I have now, the books can be, they're usually about three months apart on releases or sometimes longer, and they are quite large. So what it allows me to do with subscriptions is I can 
piecemeal feed parts of the book out to keep that engagement over a long period of time, as we've talked about before. All right, now to talk about subscribers. These are your ultimate fans, right? Like, I don't think I could say this enough of they're paying to access content well ahead of others, really rare content, and they're doing so on a continuous basis. Like, not only do subscribers help with your subscription model, they help with every other facet that you have. My Patreons, I ask them, hey, who wants to be a beta reader? And they just go wild. And they're just like, I want, you'll get all the ones who are like commenting in there and everyone else. And you, they're just like, I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. And they're all jumping to do it. So there's that. There's if you're doing other things, like I don't do physical copies on subscriptions anymore, but I do Kickstarters. And when I do send out a message on Patreon about, hey, I'm doing a Kickstarter, they, it, you could see a marked increase in the amount of people jumping onto Kickstarter because they're already paying to get your contact. You know that they want your stuff all the time, whenever they can get it. So is, there's that. Just keep these things into mind. Make sure you serve them first because you know that they want it. Like people on your newsletter, they signed up for it. Subscribers signed up for it and they paid for it and they are paying for it. So there's a huge incentive there. They're your ultimate conversion point. If you have subscribers, then you have fans that will sustain you throughout releases. It So because what they get is they'll get the book, which through book funnel or actually many of them still go and buy it on amazon because they're looking to support you as much as they can and then they go and read you continuously in the months in between on your subscription model service just to keep engaged with it so that creates a huge long tail and it also means that you retain that readership so that you have a bigger release next time nearly every single time and this allows you to give people content between books, and that's huge. I think I've talked about it a couple of times now of keeping your readers engaged, even though you don't have a release, which is so freaking cool and super useful. Okay, so another thing, and this is harkening back to make sure you can do the things that you want to do. You got to make your subscription service your own as much as your genre should encapsulate your subscription service because you're basically genre meeting their expectations. You have to make sure that it meets your own. It's a way to directly interact with readers and their wants and needs. You could utilize it to create a community around a pillar of content, chapters every so often, or audio, or graphic novels, you know, what, whichever piece of content you want to create. Usually it's just going to be like, here's the book and we're subscribing to build into that book. You can use it to help you create audio books. You can use it to help you create paperbacks and you can use it as a big way to fund your own writing career because with big drops and sales like Amazon or any of those services where you're just sending out a book, we all know there's a 15 30, 60, and 90 day cliff, right? So that's when 
you know, at 15 days, you start seeing, oh, was, let's say, 100 sales per day. Now it's 50 sales. And then at 30 days, it's like 25. And then at 60 days, it's 10, 15, something like that. But you can see there's a market decrease. And now, obviously, that is not a very clean mark. I'm just making clean numbers because the easiest way to go through it. But it is this thing of you get a burst of funds from that very quickly. But it isn't over a long period of time. It's not, it's a, it's a quick payday. It's not a long payday. Subscriptions are a much more stable kind of income because usually subscribers will stay for a longer period of time. It's, they're very, they're much less liable to just leave and they have more content to get through a subscription model with Amazon and everyone else. They have one piece of content, whereas with a subscription, they have months worth of content. So that's something to take into account, especially when looking at your writing career. And especially if you want to do this full time, subscription is a slower burn. I think at least, okay. Personally, it has been a slower burn, but I think it is incredibly valuable to build readership over a very long period of time and create such a very potent readership over a long period of time. But it is a thing of you have to make this your own. You have to understand what you are signing up for. Because again, I've been doing this for six years. When I started Patreon, I didn't know how long it would be for, but I wouldn't suspect I'd be doing it for six years, which was crazy because... I had to go look that up right before this. And that was a little bit of a surprise. I was like, yeah, it's been a couple of years, six years, surprise. Anyway, so also another thing with subscription models is it's another way for people to access your work as we've talked about, but it also allows you to interact with others in a way that you want to. So you don't have to be as constrained as other platforms. Though this is dependent upon subscription platform you're using, but most of the times you are directly interacting with your reader instead of one of the selling sites where it is you, a very thick wall that usually you can't ever get through and then your reader. And there is nearly never any interaction other than them getting your book and you getting the funds, right? With subscriptions, that wall is very thin to sometimes non-existent because you can actually directly talk to one another. You talk about the book and then off to the side, any funds is changing places, right? So it allows you to really focus on the reader's experience, to really focus on the book. And that becomes a much more closer thing. So yeah, lots of hand gestures today. Anyway, community and subscriptions. So this is also about genre and keeping your readership engaged. Uh, keeping them engaged is not only about giving them content. It is also about creating connections. And one of the biggest connections you can have is by creating community. And community is not just between reader and writer. It can be between reader content, reader and reader, which is, I think, some of the most powerful, and then all three of those kinds of things. So personally, 
I use Discord all the time. Discord is a chatting service that you can use on your web browser or you can download it as an application. Um, I chat with my friends all the time on there, authors, fellow gamers, and all that kind of thing. I know that most of my audience are gamers and they have Discord. So it made an easy kind of intersection point for me to connect with them because I know that I'm on there all the time. So it makes it really accessible for me to get there and chat to people. It also meant that, at least with Patreon, there was an easy integration to actually have Discord connected to my Patreon. And I could create chat places for people to talk about Patreon specific things and then have it open to anyone else who wanted to be there as well. So that has allowed me to build a small community there where people are just chatting all the time. Sometimes they'll be chatting to me some about books or they'll be chatting to one another about books. Sometimes they're just posting pictures about dogs, which is really cool because they have created their own community and I'm not even a part of it. The books aren't even a part of it anymore. It's just become a pillar that's holding up this discord, but then everything is happening organically around it. It also means that with community this close, there's a lot less barriers between us, the readers and myself, and between one another. One of the really, and I think this is so very cool and so very important, this, people have come in through whatever means to the subscription model. Then they've gone to the community area, which is right now for me personally, Discord. There are many others. And they are chatting about your books. They're chatting about the content. They're chatting about the characters. This is energizing one another. This is getting them to double down and get even more connected with your books and serials. Because they're going, I love this. And another person, I love this. But what do you think about this? And they're, all of those conversations, right? Like, I could talk, I don't know, probably about, let's say, a keyboard, right? I could talk about, I could go and get a keyboard and that'd be cool. But it's only when I start talking about that keyboard with someone else that really actually engages me into saying i really love this keyboard because of these things oh and someone else is telling me about their keyboard and all that kind of stuff it's a very silly thing i know talking about keyboards but i love them and <laughs> you had this conversation that allows you to really get into the depths of keyboards in this case but in our case you know the web serials and the books so that's really cool of opening up a whole other area that we didn't know of Right. So that's really sweet. And OK, so that's really what I most of what I've got for really keeping your readership engaged and to keep them with you for a long period of time, because the more you can meet their needs and the more you can ass assist in removing barriers the better the interaction is going to be and it is the, it's just another way to help run things so yeah that's pretty much everything i've got i've i hope i'm gonna go for this yeah you did amazing yeah. awesome. so there we go and then i have to i'll stop sharing and i will start with okay i saw there's a q a down here
So. Yeah, I can read out the questions. I'll be, you can read them out too. I figure we could start with the first one, which was some sort of disclaimer on the rough draft so readers know there will be typos and that the final draft might look different, or do you just give it to them? On Patreon, at least, there's this big, you can post a comment. And on my comments, I have, hey, we're going to be releasing chapters on these days. And I also have on there, ooh, that one just disappeared. I do put on a disclaimer saying these are fresh chapters. These are unedited. There hasn't been changes to them. So there are going to be differences between it and the last one. But then on the tiers, I think every single tier that gets new chapters, they have it where I say, oh, the, you're going to get the book two weeks ahead of it actually being released. And that's my way to say, look, even though you might be reading them rough right now, just wait until you get like the full versions. And then it's the exclusivity of two weeks ahead of everyone else. You've read it, which is great because they get it ahead of time. It's also crazy because as soon as that book comes out, you have 20 reviews and then the freaking discord's exploding because they're like, oh, I can finally talk about this. Oh, so that's yeah. really fun. Oh, that's, yeah, that's the best thing when they're like, it's not a spoiler alert anymore. We're all going to be able to talk about this together because we all get to experience it. That's really interesting. Now, there's a few questions that kind of are along the theme of one asks with such a busy release schedule for your members, how do you write ahead for holidays and emergencies? And Heather asks, what is the lag time between when you write a chapter and put it on Patreon? Do you give yourself buffer? Do you build up chapters in case a week off? So I guess the general theme being are you writing every week this kind of output or are you scheduling things out? How are you managing this from a workflow perspective? From a workflow perspective, okay, I think it is always very good to have a buffer time because you need to, I call it oh shit time because life happens and then you just go, oh shit, like I have to deal with this now. So I would say, it is best to have a backlog, but it is best to make sure that at the minimum, even if you have to reduce the amount that you work in a week, that you can still meet the needs of your subscription. Personally, what I do is I'll write probably about 50% of the book and then I'll start putting on Patreon. There's two reasons for this. One is so I do have that buffer. And two is so that I know actually where the story is going to go. Because sometimes you get to the 50% mark and you're like, oh, okay, I need to go change something in the beginning. And then it's a huge shift and then yeah, continue on. That said, I have actually released on Patreon and the version I released has been so vastly different from the one that's actually been released as a final because there's so many edits. So yeah, leave yourself a buffer it's up to you how much of a buffer you leave. I would always go with more is better than less. I was seeing that, like, if anything, if you're like, wow, I have a bunch of chapters, then what, like, the worst, like, the best thing you could do is just go, I have a bunch of chapters. Now I could just release them a bit faster or I can give them longer length chapters. So having more is a great problem to have. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. It's hard because I bet you get anxious sometimes when you have a really exciting chapter and you know your readers really want it, but you guys stick that schedule. I also know that you think about the time of day that you release very particularly. And I'm curious, like when thinking about that as authors, what your advice would be like, you know, you have this consistent schedule every day. 
you have, in your case, a consistent time. How do you think about that? And what would be your advice for other authors on that? I would say do it mornings is best. Afternoons is probably not the best. The reason, okay, so my reasoning was that someone would wake up and they would have a coffee and they would have a chapter to read as they were on the train going to work. And I, most of my readership are in Canada, America and the UK and Australia. So I was like, okay, if I can split the difference and have it quite early in the morning for America and Canada, then it's in the afternoon for the UK and then it will be like Australia's basically wakes up to it. So that was my thought process. Plus it even grains it. Like I have seen so many comments of people going, I get a coffee and I get to read a chapter in the morning, or I'm looking forward to Monday now because I get a new chapter. Those kinds of comments are amazing. That consistency is key too in that having some buffer because you now have readers planning their Monday morning around you. And if it doesn't come on that Monday morning, that can be a little or very frustrating. So it's that balance because it's powerful. Mm-hmm. On that note, how long are your chapters? I think, okay, so we have a bit of a rule of thumb. So I write chapters however I want to write them. I know that some people in web serials, what they do is they actually put a cliff on the end of it, which is incredibly smart. It's a heck of a lot of work. But, and it's like, they do it for every single one. You're like, okay, I'm just falling into this one, falling into this one. But what I do is I actually just, I chop them. So if I think it's, if a chapter is over 2000 words, then I'll cut it up. But the thing is that if it's like 4,000, I'll cut it into two pieces. If it's 3000, I'll just keep it as one because just because then you'll have a half chapter. I would rather that we have at least a full chapter and then a bit more than shortchanging there. But that's really, I think, 1,500 words per chapter is the rate that we've seen on web serials for like at least a minimum. And then you can go beyond that. But like, I would say beyond 5,000 is a bit much just because you, the readers start to, it's become like a story too much and not like a chapter. That makes, it makes a lot of sense. And I think too, it varies as well based on even within like Royal Road, like literary profession fantasy, the different subgenres would have different chapter length expectations. So it's definitely worthwhile looking at the books that have done well in your subgenre and seeing, okay, what are the average chapter lengths there? Which on that note about Royal Road, Heather asked, would you say the major- for your subscription, so of your paying subscribers right now, would you say the majority have been funneled in from Royal Road? Or you were talking about Amazon too, like what is that split? Are you getting a significant number of your readers from places like Amazon or are most of the paid subscribers coming from Royal Road? So I don't know the specific numbers just because of no one tells you like where they're coming from, but I would say by, so I was doing Royal Road and then I switched to just Amazon just because the administration behind the scenes, it was easier to do. And then I was doing Patreon continuously, but I would say I think about 80% of my Patreon supporters, especially at the end of the 10 rounds, was from Amazon. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was like we had such a huge readership on Amazon 
rural road I wasn't really posting to or anything at that time but it was also a thing that people were just like you know what I'm reading this I really enjoy this and at the back of the books we said hey if you want to read more and get a bit ahead go over to Patreon and then you can get closer to it so yeah that was really cool that's awesome that's awesome and then another question from Joan is for your audiobooks do you use ACX royalty split or do you pay up front, especially with what you were talking about with you serializing that audio as well for your subscription? How is that, how does that investment look like on your end? I personally pay for it all up front because um, that allows me to do a couple of things. One, it means that I can distribute it on Patreon without having to worry about doing splits or anything like that. So I could do the book funnel and do it there. Uh, also, Sometimes the royalty splits aren't done through an ACX contract or a findaway contract. This allows you to not have to have that contract in place and be beholden to putting it there first instead of on the subscription model. And also, yeah, like then you could do with it freely as you want. So I can do the thing like posting Tuesdays and Thursdays to Patreon. Then it also allows me to do... Basically, I can do whatever the heck I want with it. So I, I do say that. Now, if the question was like, what should I do with subscriptions and with royalty share and all that kind of stuff? I would say try and use your subscriptions to pay for the full royalties of the audiobook because then you can give it back to your subscribers Another thing you can also use in concert with this is Kickstarters as well. So yeah. you can like use, utilize all of these tools at your disposal because I know like I have, I have it on Kickstarter where I have, you can go get the ebook if you want to, but you can also get the ebook through Patreon. So it allows like two streams to do the same thing, but it just, again, it's meeting those readers' expectations so they can get your product how they want to get it. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. And uh, no, no one has asked specifically about how you view your subscription, your Patreon and Kickstarter and in concert, but I, I want to ask that, but I want to be honest to the Q&A, which we got an interesting question that you brought up, which is that you've read a lot of web serials based specifically in China. And it's definitely true that Asia has a, a bigger serial fiction reading market than North America. Things are picking up here and in Europe as well, but I'm curious what you've noticed and what you've learned from how the Asian market works in terms of serial fiction and maybe some learnings for us, but I feel like a lot of us are Anglo speaking. And so the web serialization in China, especially the ones that have been translated into English has become interesting and very unfortunate in a way, because uh, there used to be many different translators, many different books and all that. What happened was there was some companies and they snatched up all the rights for those books. And what they did was they went to the translators and said, you now work for us because these are our translated works. And if you want to keep on translating them, you have to give it to us. And most of the translators were located in regions where they just had to. And it's killed cultivation books in a big way because like... They're the paywalls and the difficulty of getting access to them now has come to the point where most Anglo speakers are just using, what's it called? They're using pirate sites. And that's just because it's 
it reminds me of movies oh god 15 years ago right when you were like okay i really want to watch this movie but to get it is so difficult you know what i'm just gonna download it off of one of these torrent sites and so you would grab it that way and you're like that's just the easiest way for me to get access to the content so i'm going to do that really people might hate on netflix for different things but netflix changed that because people were like for five bucks i can get access to all this and i don't have to do this crap over here i'm gonna go do that it wasn't like i'm a better person because of that yeah sure that was a part of it but it was also there's this content out there i want to have access to it please open up access to it and which translated i know that that access has been clamped down unfortunately in a huge way which is sad so that's one thing but i think also that doesn't that is much harder to do in anglo-speaking countries because of the laws that we have in place that make it so much trickier to do that and also because there's not just two or three companies controlling this right there's independent authors of all different stripes and colors of hey we're doing this in our own dang way and we're going to do it this way because we feel this works best for us, which is really cool because it gives a thousand ways to do one thing instead of one way to do a thousand things. So it makes it more accessible to everyone, I think. So it's going to be interesting to go forward in the future. I know that there is a lot of companies that are not Anglo-speaking primarily that are trying to buy up rights and stuff for things to try and capture the Anglo market, but it's not working because the Anglo market is they love access and love that ability to get things without the kind of microtransaction craziness that goes on that we've seen in video games that has killed a lot of video games. Yeah. No, that, that's wide, wide sweeping points on the difference in the markets and how I, to think about your IP and a lot of really interesting and valid concerns you brought up, but I'm also curious and one of the people in the chat is as well, from a writing perspective, what do you think like Chinese, Korean writers, Asian writers who are doing really well in serial fiction, are there some learnings that we can take from their style? Oh, that was a weird dance. Go. I had a bell going off, turn it off. What would be some of your learnings that we could take as writers from the structure of how serial fiction is written in Asia in the US market? What can we do as writers to maybe replicate some of their success? Huh. I think the biggest thing is consistency. The other thing that's really, the really big thing with them was volume. The sheer amount of writing that they were doing all the time was crazy. Uh, I think, I think it's really interesting because now I don't actually see the translated novels as the place to look at for the best web serials. I would actually instead point to Royal Road, even over Web Novel, because Web Novel has been huge. But with Royal Road, the community there is doing incredible things, not only in how they are using the platform, but also with the written works. There are some incredible books in there that I'm that it just are really good. And there are Web Novel and other places, but it is, I think, really... What's happened is Royal Road has allowed itself to become hyper-focused, which is interesting because it's 
again, I would say, oh, you go there for fantasy, lit RPG, and science fiction. Then, like, in that order, right? So that means that you have a place where if you're interested in it, you go there for your subscription, that you go there for your content. Um, instead of it being super widespread as it was before, where you're posting everything and anything to like say web novel, which has all of it, it's more nichetized and say roll road, which also means that you have a ready-made community there of people who are like, I really love this stuff. Let's get into it. But yeah. That said, if you are not writing content that Royal Roaders like, they will let you know and you your content will just drop because they're not here to they're here to read the content they want to read and they very much run that platform so one thing to really look at is look at the platforms that actually fit your needs not only from a technical point of view but from a readership point of view which would be really cool that's very fascinating we still had some more questions, but we're wrapping up the hour and we want to keep things on time today. So just know that I'll answer two of the questions. I think we're a little bit less suited for you, Michael. So I would be happy to answer them in the chat. So if you ask them, I'll get around to that later. But this was amazing, Michael. You, wow. Yes. What a great session. I learned a lot. I hope you all did too. And as I mentioned earlier, recordings of this will all be published later. So you all will be able to review this. Let everyone give... Yes. Let's give Chatfield a huge round of applause in the chat. We are so grateful for you being here for the next 30 minutes. We'll have a short little break. I'll be hanging around in between. And then we'll have Britt Andrews coming on to speak for our next session on how to build a rocking reader fandom. For those who are curious about what's upcoming in the summit, you can find all the sessions here and all the information. And if you want to read about Michael Chatfield, his work, check out his subscription some awesome stuff. You can go to his website, which I'm linking into the chat right now. Ah, you said my message is too long. That doesn't seem right. There we go. Zoom was being a little angry at me. There we go. Michaelchatfield.com. Definitely go check him out. Michael, thank you again for being here. You probably got to get to bed soon. It's late near you, but you did an amazing job. Well, thanks for having me. I hope it goes really awesome. I know I'm keeping a tab on this. I'm not usually around this late because yeah, it is 11 o'clock. Yep. It's 11 o'clock here, but yeah, no, this is awesome. I hope this helps out anyone that's looking for interest information on all this. Thank you so much for having me and I'll catch y'all later. We'll see you soon, Michael. Thank you again. Awesome, everyone. Thank you so much for watching this session of the Subscriptions for Authors Summit. Now, you may want to learn more about subscriptions, and in that case, I recommend watching all the other sessions in this summit. They're linked down in a playlist below. But I also want to share with you all the other amazing resources we have as part of Subscriptions for Authors. First, we have the Facebook group. You've probably heard it talked a lot about during the summit, but if you're not a part of it yet, you can join totally for free the link down in the description at facebook.com slash subscriptions for authors. There's over 2,300 fellow subscription authors in there and now a bunch of spinoff groups based on specific genres that will help you start and grow your subscription as an author. In addition, we also have for a very limited time, the founding cohort of the Six Figure Subscription Author Accelerator. It's the first link down in the comments. It's open till May 31st and it's an amazing premium course plus group mentorship that me and Amelia have set up that has over 10 hours of video, and then has four group mentorship sessions where you'll be paired with a coach 
and fellow teammates who will take you through starting and growing your subscription with the goal of taking you at the beginning of the summit, whether you've started your subscription or not, to then being able to grow your subscription, get your first paid subscribers, and hopefully grow your subscription to the point that one day you can be a six-figure subscription author. It's a really, really exciting opportunity, and me and Amelia are super excited to share that with you, especially if you're very serious about growing your subscription. It can be a great opportunity if you're a very serious author who wants to go and do that. But if you're maybe not ready for the accelerator, no worries, because we have a lot of other opportunities, a ton of free resources to be put online on this very YouTube channel, there's like 30 podcast episodes out and we have a ton more releasing soon. We have like 10 more films that we're going to be releasing in the coming weeks. In addition, we have a free book called The Descriptions for Authors Starter Guide, which condenses a lot of the amazing insights you've heard today throughout these sessions and gives them in a very streamlined fashion, a step-by-step guide into how you can start your description. You could download that book totally for free by signing up for our mailing list at the link in the description. And then lastly, we also have Fireside Chats. I will link down to the playlist of that as well. Those are free webinars that we do about very key topics and subscriptions. So those are really, really fun. I hope you all enjoy it. Yes, we are dedicated to putting a ton of resources out there for you to have a successful subscription. Not only that, but we also built a platform specifically made for fiction authors to be successful in subscriptions, which is called Ream. You can think about it like the Shopify meets Patreon, meets a Facebook group, meets Wattpad, all in one. But the whole goal is to help you turn your fans into customers of yours directly that pay you monthly. It's a really awesome platform. And you can check it out in the link below in the description as well. Yes, there's a lot of links, there's a lot of things going on, but odds are if you're watching this summit, you wanna dive deeper into your subscription, so you want to give you everything in one place. And in fact, if you wanna get all of our links in one place, we have the Ream link tree, That'll be the second link down in the comments. The Ream link tree literally has everything in there. So if you ever want any information on anything in subscriptions, all of it's in the link tree. And it's a pretty great place. I'll see you all soon. Thank you for being a part of this summit. You all the best. Have a great rest of your day. And don't forget, storytellers rule the world. Mm -hmm.